Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. It's time for Lombardi Memories. So to take you back in time, into January or February, to the greatest one-day spectacle in all sports, this is the Every Other Tuesday podcast and looks back at each and every one of the 50-plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive-by-drive, play-by-play, from the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at TommyAPhillips.com where you can find all of my books. Today we have Super Bowl 38, which was held on February 1st, 2004, at Reliance Stadium in Houston, Texas, between the four-time AFC champion New England Patriots and the first-time NFC champion Carolina Panthers. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The Carolina Panthers put together a 95-yard drive in this game. Who was the only team to have a longer drive in yardage in a Super Bowl? That's the pop quiz question for today. Answer will come at the end of the podcast. The New England Patriots started their 2003 season with a thud. They were beaten 31 to nothing in Buffalo by their biggest rivals at the time, the Bills. Defensive back lawyer Malloy had gone to Buffalo, and the Patriots were considered dead on arrival. After a 2-2 two and two start to the season, many figures that the Patriots wouldn't be a factor. And then they started winning and winning and winning. They won their final 12 games of the season. Most of them were close victories, but their 38-34 win over Indianapolis helped provide them with home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The Pats then got sweet revenge on Buffalo by beating them in the season finale by the exact score they had lost by, 31-0. The Patriots scraped by the Titans in the divisional round, 17-14. Then they beat Indianapolis 24-14 in the AFC Championship game, one in which Colts receivers constantly complained about Pats defenders being too physical. The NFL changed its rules thanks to that game, but it was of no help to the Colts, who were headed home. The Patriots were off to their second Super Bowl in three years. Quarterback Tom Brady threw for 3,620 yards and 23 touchdowns. He 
His top receiver was Dion Branch, who caught 57 passes for over 800 yards and three touchdowns. The top two running backs were Antoine Smith and Kevin Falk, who finished within four yards of each other, both ending up just shy of 650. Falk also caught a lot of passes, 48 to be exact, but in a weird anomaly, Falk didn't score a touchdown all regular season. As for Carolina, they got off to a hot start, winning their first five games of the season. Eventually, they faced a reckoning, losing three straight games to drop to 8-5. and five. But they won their final three games, clinched their division title, and got the number three seed. The Panthers dominated against Dallas 29-10 in the wildcard round at home. In the divisional round, they headed to St. Louis, where the game went to double overtime. Quarterback Jake DeHome threw a 69-yard touchdown pass to receiver Steve Smith, and the Panthers beat the Rams 29-23. The Panthers used a great defensive effort in Philadelphia to beat the Eagles 14-3 in the NFC Championship game and advanced to their first Super Bowl in franchise history. Delhomme threw for over 3,200 yards and 19 touchdowns, but also 16 interceptions. Smith was his top target, catching 88 passes for over 1,100 yards and 7 touchdowns. Receiver Musin Muhammad added another 54 catches for over 800 yards and 3 scores. Running back Stephen Davis ran for over 1,400 yards and 8 touchdowns and on a whopping 318 carries. And then there was the XFL star, He Hate Me, Rod Smart, who returned 41 kicks for nearly a 1,000 yards and a touchdown. The Panthers also had a ferocious defense with defensive ends Mike Rucker and Julius Peppers combining for 19 sacks. The Panthers came out of the blocks with an unimaginative run-run-pass punt, and then the Patriots got the ball back on the Carolina 47. Brady threw receiver Dion Brantz for 16 yards over the middle, and then Falk ran for five more yards. Brady then went play accent, and he found Brown for another first down at the 14. The Pats' drive stalled there, so on came kicker Adam Vinatieri for a ho-hum 31-yard field goal. Wait a minute, he missed it? In a dome? How in the world did that happen? Carolina then went three and out again, thanks to a sack by Pats linebacker Mike Grable. The Panthers' defense forced a three and out of their own, and they got the ball back at their own 11. But they did nothing again, and the Pats took over at the Carolina 49. This time, Brady threw the Brands for first down at the 38, and then hit him again for another six yards. But linebacker Will Witherspoon tackled Brown on an attempted reverse for a big loss. Patch had the punt. The defensive standoff continued into the second quarter. The Panthers got a first down on a holding penalty, but that was it. They punted it back. Teams then traded three and outs with linebacker Willie McGinnis 
sacking Del Holmes to end the next Panther possession. For the Patriots, Smith started the next drive with a six-yard run. An offside penalty on third down gave New England a first down. Brown caught one for six yards, and then Falk ran for nine yards to get across the midfield stripe to the 47. Brady then threw the Brown for about nine more yards, but, he, but on third down, Brady tried his trademark quarterback sneak. He couldn't get it. So it was now fourth and one. Bill Belichick, the head coach of the Patriots, says go for it. And Smith ends up picking it up on a run. Antoine Smith. The Panthers challenged the spot of the ball, but there was no way they were moving that back. They then jumped offside a couple plays later before Smith ripped off a nine-yard run for first down to the 20. However, Carolina defense stood strong, and defensive tackle Shane Burden blocked Vinatieri's 36-yard field goal attempt. With five minutes to go in the first half, Brabel hit the home from behind and stripped him of the ball. Defensive tackle Richard Seymour recovered at the 20, the Carolina 20. Anton Smith ran for seven yards before losing appeal to the next play. Brady then scrambled for his longest run of the season, going 12 yards all the way down to the five. He then fired to the back of the end zone to Brantz, and the, it was good for a touchdown. The Patriots went up 7-0, and that was the latest in a Super Bowl that it had ever gone without any points on the scoreboard. But now that that scoring had commenced, it wouldn't stop. Starting at the 5, the home threw to receiver Ricky Prohl for a first down at the 23 as the game hit the two-minute warning. He then floated one for Muhammad, who brought it in along the sideline for a 23-yard pickup. Prohl caught another one, got a first down at New England 39, and then on third and 10, a little bit later, Delhomme threw one deep for Smith. He caught it, 39-yard touchdown. Panthers tied it at seven. Brady struck back quickly. He threw the receiver David Gibbons for a first down. Then he went for the bomb to Brantz, and he caught it for a 52-yard gain down to inside the 15. Pats called timeout, 35 seconds left on the clock. Two plays later, Brady went to Gibbons again. Nine yards, timeout, 23 seconds on the clock. The very next play, Brady goes play action, finds Givens in the middle of the end zone for a five-yard touchdown. New England leads it 14-7. Vinatieri used the squib kick with little time left in the half. I mean, just seconds left. And Panthers tight end Chris Magnum picked it up and returned it to the Carolina 47. Panthers had just a little bit of time left. So they decided to cross the paths up, go with a run, and Stephen Davis plowed straight ahead all the way inside the New England 35 for a 21-yard game. They called timeout. They had five seconds left. John Casey 
made a 50-yard field goal, and the Panthers trailed at halftime by only four points, 14 to 10. Like the first quarter, the third quarter proved to be a feeling-out process. Both teams punted twice to begin the second half, but neither really doing all that much aside from committing penalties. When the Patriots got their third possession, that's when the points began going back up on the board. Brady threw the brands for a first down at the 45. Smith ran it to the Carolina 46, then picked up the first down on a six-yard run off the right side. The Pats then got called for holding, but Brady made up for it through a pass to tight end Daniel Graham, got down to the nine. And then on the first play of the fourth quarter, Brady threw to the end zone incomplete, but the Panthers got called for holding. So on the next play, Brady handed off. Smith took it in two yards for a touchdown off the right side. 21 to 10 Patriots. DeHome suddenly found a new gear in the fourth quarter. He started it with a 13-yard throw to Muhammad. Next, he went to Steve Smith for a first down at the Carolina 45. He then threw to Smith down the left side of the field, 22 more yards. Running back Desaun Foster took the next carry. He managed to evade and push through tacklers all the way for a 33-yard touchdown, making it 21-16. It's at this point that Panthers head coach John Fox chose to go for two. I would not do it, CBS announcer Phil Sims said. I would kick the extra point. Sims was 100% right. It was too early to go for two. Not only that, but extra points were pretty automatic with the ball on the two instead of on the 15 like they are today. Panthers should have kicked the extra point, but they didn't. Delhomme missed Muhammad in the end zone, and now the Panthers were chasing points. New England had a promising drive on which the pass got three first downs, one on a fault 23-yard run. Brady threw an interception in the red zone to defensive back Reggie Howard. After a pair of incompletions from the 15, Delhomme threw long down the sideline for Muhammad. He hauled in the pass and sped into the end zone. It was an 85-yard touchdown reception, the longest in Super Bowl history, a mark that still stands today. He broke Antonio Freeman's record of 81 yards set in Super Bowl 31. The Panthers now had to go for two because they missed the last one. The home threw to the right corner of the end zone, pass fell incomplete. Carolina led by just one, 22-21. A holding penalty gave New England a first down to start the next drive. Brady then threw the bulk to get to the 43 before going to Brown for a first down. Falk picked up three more, and Brady completed the Givens for a first down inside the 25. Facing third down a bit later, Brady rolled out, and he found Givens again, this time first down inside the five. Two plays later... Brady threw to Mike Vrabel, that's right, the linebacker, playing offense for a one-yard touchdown to take retake the lead. Belichick went for two, and Folk got it on the direct snap. 
That made it 29-22 Patriots. The Panthers kept this frenetic pace going on their next drive. Foster took a draw to the 36 and a first down. Then Del home through the Muhammad for 19 yards and another new set of downs at the two-minute warning. Del home went down the seam to find Pro for 30 more yards, and the Panthers called timeout with 142 to go. We'll get to that timeout in a moment, by the way, with 142 left in the the fourth quarter. For now, the home threw incomplete, and then he threw a short pass to Magnum for two yards. On third down under heavy pressure, he beat the blitz, passed to Pearl for the tying touchdown. Casey's extra point officially tied the game at 29. Now, let's look at Let's take a second here and look at all these errors the Panthers made. By missing the two two-point conversions, they incentivized the Patriots to go for two themselves. That added up to three lost points. The Panthers should be leading at this point 31-28. Instead, they're tied. And how about that timeout? The Panthers were no danger of running out of time. By calling time out there, they gave more time to Brady. Heck, they probably should have run the clock down 40 seconds there instead of calling a timeout. What big blunders by John Fox. Casey kicked it out of bounds, and that was the final mistake Carolina made because it gave Brady the ball at the 40. It was child's play for him to get in the field goal range from there. He threw to Brown for a first down at the Carolina 47. After a pass interference call set New England back with 44 seconds left, Brady got the yards back on a throw to Brown at the Carolina 44. He then threw to Graham to get to the 40, call timeout with 15 seconds left. This is time the Patriots would never have had if Carolina hadn't called that timeout. Instead, Brady had time to throw one more pass to Brantz to set up Vinatieri for a 41-yard field goal attempt. Vinatieri kicked it off the right half with nine seconds left. Looks good, CBS announcer Greg Gumbel said as the kick split the uprights. 32-29 New England, four seconds left. And on the final play, he hate me. The XFL star Rod Smart couldn't return to kickoff all the way, being stopped at his own 21. Time ran out, and the Patriots have won their second Super Bowl in three years, 32-29. to The media talk in the aftermath of New England's victory was that they were the closest thing to a dynasty that we'd ever seen in the NFL. No one imagined that they'd go on to win six Super Bowls and play in three more. Brady was named MVP for throwing for 354 yards and three touchdowns, also an interception. If I were to give out an MVP, though, I'd give it the Vrabel. He had two sacks, a forced fumble that set up a touchdown, six tackles, and he caught a touchdown pass on offense. He was Mr. Everything for the Pats. And he deserved more credit than he got. 
a least valuable player? Well, I can't give it to John Fox because he's a coach. So I'll give it to John Casey. Kicking off out of bounds with less than two minutes to go is inexplicable. I know he made a 50-yard field goal, but his kickoff out of bounds virtually handed the game to the Patriots. There's no excuse for that, especially not in a dome. The most valuable player on the losing team was Moussin Muhammad. It's tempted, tempting to give it to Delhomme, who threw for 323 yards and three touchdowns. However, I've got to go with Muhammad for that wonderful 85-yard touchdown reception that put him in the record books. He also had three other catches, so he had four on the day for 140 yards. That's almost half of Delhomme's yards right there. Delhomme doesn't have such a good day without Muhammad breaking out. The best player you probably don't remember is David Gibbons, an overlooked receiver in Brady's stable of receivers. He caught five passes for 69 yards and a touchdown. He's not often mentioned as one of Brady's targets, but he had a big game here in the Super Bowl. The biggest play of this game, sadly, sadly, was Casey kicking it out of bounds. That's what sets up Brady to go a mere 36 yards to set up Vinatieri for an easy 41-yard field goal. Casey kicks it deep. Who knows? Maybe the Panthers make a stop or even force a turnover. Once he did that, the Panthers' fate was sealed. The biggest play you don't remember is the one I totally forgot about when writing this recap. Reggie Howard's interception came at a point in the game where I lulled myself to sleep. I didn't recognize that Brady even throw an interception before looking at the score until I looked at the score sheet. And yes, it was a big play. It set up Muhammad's 85-yard record-breaking touchdown. That meant that the Panthers went at least 90 yards to score touchdowns twice in this game. The only team to have a longer drive than the 95-yarder the Panthers had? The Chicago Bears in Super Bowl Twenty, who scored a touchdown on a 96-yard drive. That is the answer to today's pop quiz question. For homework, how about this one? It's better to be feared. The New England Patriots Dynasty and the Pursuit of Greatness by Seth Wiggerstad. I haven't read this one yet, but I figure it's got to be one of the best books for looking at this modern-day NFL, NFL dynasty in New England. I look forward to eventually reading this one and getting some behind-the-scenes look at the Patriots. And it was Sports Illustrated's non-fiction book of the year, so it must be pretty good. I would hope. We aren't finished talking Patriots on this podcast. No, we'll be talking about them again next time when we reach Super Bowl 39 between the Pats and the Eagles. Will T.O. be able to lead the Eagles to victory? Can Donovan McNabb run a no-huddle offense? And can Troy Aikman and Chris Collinsworth coexist in the same broadcast booth? Find out all this in two weeks. In the meantime, you can find all my books at TommyAPhillips.com. This is Tommy A. Phillips signing off. So long.
Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast. <laughs>